Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Twin Peaks. Firewalk with me. <laughs> it's just so weird introducing this show and not saying season something, episode something, we're, we're doing a movie. Typically, I mean, there was an inner struggle to decide if this should be a 1.21 in flux, because that's the show we do all the old movies on. Uh, but no, it's part of the series, it's part of the, the show, and uh, it's going to go with that. Uh, all part of one playlist and so on. So, obviously, we watched the Twin Peaks series. We finished that earlier this week. We watched the movie, uh, Firewalk With Me, which came out about a year or so after the, the series finished. Mm. And it is a prequel series. Um, now, typically with movies, we start spoiler-free and go into it. We're not going to do that with this one, because the assumption is, is that you've been watching the, the show along with us, or you've seen the show before. Movies, the same thing. So, full spoilers, you've been warned for the whole thing. Uh, that's it. So, yeah, so obviously Lynch directed this. It's set before the events of the seasons, and it's a bit weird. And when I say weird, it's not just weird in a David Lynch, this is kind of a weird thing. It's a weird in terms of what it is. Yeah, I mean, as part of the, the Twin Peaks mythology, I like it, but does it function as a movie on its own? I don't I'm th- not I'll, sure. I don't think it does at all. I... We we have a friend James who said he's seen the movie and loves it and he's never seen the show and I can't fathom why. I I, I don't get it at all. I mean, that's the thing. I, I like seeing these smaller things that you know. Oh, it's like okay, so that's how this got to that and that's how that happened. But it doesn't really tell its own story, does it? No, it kind of relies on you knowing the the mythology already. Knowing, I feel like if you didn't even even forgetting the mythology, forgetting the weird stuff, I feel like there's just so many characters that just show up that we know from the show. So we're like, oh, there's Shelley, there's Bobby, there's James. There's I, not quite Donna. <laughs> yeah, admittedly. Donna was looking so different by the end of the show. Though she, this actress, I think, actually looks more like she did at the start of the show than Lara Flynn Boyle did at the end. I'm not sure I can argue with that. I don't know, maybe that's just me. But that, that was a yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so that, and then you've got this weird structure where the first like, 30, 40 minutes are different characters doing different things I mean it's related it's, it's to do with the case uh, yeah, from but before it but never it never comes back up really does it it never resolves no it introduces a couple of things that show up later but not, the actual plot itself never really comes into it uh, there's never yeah. a hint of it feels it, it feels almost like a pilot for something else there that feels like oh there's another story somewhere else so we'll get to it another time yeah but I can't deny I enjoyed watching it because I did. Uh, that said, I know that this has, I know it critically got torn to shreds when it came out. I don't really want to talk about that. I mean, I think that's with the Lynch movie, I feel like that's neither here nor there. Yeah, and I'd also assume a lot of them hadn't watched the show. As what? you know, as you know, we, the whole scheme of all the critics. The last and more interesting part is the fans of the show are very uh, like 50-50 on this movie. At least, it, and that's now, I think at the time when it came out, it was very more negative and it's and I can kind of understand it. Yeah, me the too. show the show ends. It, it's cancelled. You end in that big, big moment, and then it's like, oh, there's a movie coming out. Oh yes, we're going to get like a conclusion, or we're going to get more of it, or whatever. And then it's oh no, it's all set before. It's just the death of Laura Palmer. Oh. Yeah, it, it's it <laughs> kind of falls into the trap where of a lot of prequels, where I'm not sure it justifies its existence. It's like okay, Laura Palmer dies. We. You know, oh, Laura Palm was on drugs. We we already got all that in the show through context, through the investigation. None of this is new. This is the, really. the weird thing, though, is that all the scenes are really good in and of themselves. Whereas, because obviously the big example people bring up is Star Wars, the Star Wars prequels, and how they don't really justify their existence. They feel, but they're also poor filmmaking, right? Whereas this is no, this is quality filmmaking. I'm just not sure it works on its own as a movie. Joe, Joe, I think this would have worked really well as actually. Is you know how in Better Call Saul, and I won't get any spoilers here, but you have like these little snippets of like a different timeline, just in the yeah, in the premieres and finales of each season. I almost feel like scenes of this could have been like used like that, just getting a little bit of the actual stuff at the end and start and end of the seasons or something like that, where you see the last few days of Laura Palmer and what actually happened. It almost feels like bonus footage. In that sense, you know, mm. it feels like. Oh, this would be a cool behind-the-scenes thing, you know, like 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 now the sort of stuff they'd put up on a website as a, an accompanying piece. Yeah, it feels like a companion. It feels like you you've bought the video game. Now here's an expansion with some extra bits 
Yeah. That's what it feels like. Uh, so I liked it, but I don't think it functions on its own as a movie. Absolutely. So the, how I'm going to rate this at the end of this, although admittedly, technically this is already cancelled, so I guess we don't actually have to rate it. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to rate it for your own personal catalogues. I do, I do. And I, no, I'm in the same dilemma. It's like, well, do I rate it on how I enjoyed it as, as what it did with the, the characters and the Twin Peaks stuff, or do I rate it lower because it just doesn't work as a as a piece? I do think it's a touch too long. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree with that. And the weird thing about that is, is because it has this weird break like 40 minutes in, because the first 40 minutes are... What's his name? He's a new character. Uh, Agent Chester Desmond and Keith, Keith O'Sullivan is with him. <laughs> and they're investigating the, uh, the the previous killing that happened you know, a year before uh, the murder of Laura Palmer. And that's what they're doing. And I mean, it's fine. Like it's. Uh... I feel like if that had been the whole movie, I'd maybe have enjoyed it more, like following their investigation, what they end up with. Well, maybe, but I also knew it couldn't end with them because I knew I, I knew from the series that Cooper got involved at some point with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, when it cut to Cooper for the first time and he's, he's like the music from the Red Room kind of came yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, it was like, nice. Because it? other than that, for the first forty minutes, there was almost no Twin Peaks music. It was all new stuff. There was like almost hints of the evil horns at one point, but that but it was very subtle. And then it cuts to the, the town saying it's one year later, and then the main theme kicks in. It's yeah. like, oh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. I got all giddy. And then immediately after that, when we see Bobby, like not for the first time because he's in the car, but when he's at school and like the, the Bobby sort of music starts kicking in, I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, this is this is weird. It's in widescreen. What's going on? This is like, <laughs> surreal. You better get used to it. I, I know, because you're just going to be like that. But it, at least with that, though, they're all going to be old, so it'll feel like a new. A new era. Yeah, Whereas yeah, this yeah, is like yeah, yeah, this is still the same time period, and yet it, it suddenly has this movie quality to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Um, yeah, I, I should mention we did not watch the missing pieces for this discussion. I do want to watch them and see what they're about. I I had a glance to see what it was like. It was ninety minutes long. We did not have time for that <laughs> to do with this because yeah. it essentially makes the movie what almost four hours long. Yeah, yeah, I know there's people, like, there's there's been cuts where, you know, fan have edited it all back in. Yeah, and I can't I imagine. Don't if that, I don't I know if that would make it better. Like you said, this felt like a bit too long as it was. I can't yeah. imagine that would help. I've heard that the extra scenes are very interesting, though, and give you some clues about things. And oh, Yeah, I'm sure they are. So I, I am willing, I, I, if I have time this week before the new show starts, I'm probably going to try and squeeze them in. Because I can probably do it in chunks as well, since they're basically individual scenes. Yeah, I'm not going to have time. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to have time. I know you're busier than I am this week. Uh, but, like, I mean, I mean I'll report back with anything interesting that sticks mm. out to me. Um, but, yeah, so, I guess... Uh, let's talk about the first chunk, then. Let's talk about the first yeah, yeah, 30, 40 minutes of the, the investigation. So, we see a little bit of David Lynch's garden, and he, he's got Chester there, and keeps to keep us all, and we have this weird thing where he introduces this girl who's... what. Uh, mother's sister's daughter mother's sister's girl yeah. uh, and she does this weird thing where she's kind of doing a dance but not really but the whole point of it is that it's like giving Chester a lot of messaging like there's a lot of things he's picking up from this like the hand in the pocket means this the the ripped side of the dress means that the the way she was moving her feet meant this it was all yeah, he, he Sherlock Holmes it basically I, well, I'm going to go one step further I'm saying he basically realised he was in a David Lynch movie and analysed it <laughs> No, that's fair. I think that's what he did. Uh, and it was weird, because obviously, okay, they gave you Lynch's call, uh, his Gordon call, and you're like, right, okay, right, Twin Peaks, right, fine, we're, we're in this world. And it's got that a kind of quirkiness to it. But at the same time, I almost like when they go to the sheriff's uh, in this town, you know, it's a different town, and it's like the complete opposite of how friendly the sheriff's department is in Twin Peaks. Like They're just yeah, antagonistic yeah. and assholes and making fun of them and... It's just antagonistic in every single way possible, uh, but but basically they, they they find a letter in the fingernail which we were expecting. Yeah, that was the thing as well. Again, it's it's the prequel problem. It's like okay, the you know they're they're investigating the body. It's like oh, there's something in the finger. It's like wonder what that could be. Well, yeah, it was kind of the thing, especially in the, the later half of the movie. As much as I was liking all the scenes individually, it did kind of feel like a check because we knew so many things about the night Laura died. Like, yeah. we knew she was with James and she got off the bike. I'm like, yeah, that scene must be coming up soon. And sure enough, the yeah. scene happened. And yeah. 
you know like there was lots of things like that where i was like okay i guess that scene's about to happen and it did and th- that took a little bit out of it in terms of which is why i think i almost would have cut it up and just used parts of it as flashbacks here or there depending on when it was relevant yeah it could really even if you go back into the episode you know where, when um when we were told oh she was on the bike and then she got off just if you just see that snippet there mm-hmm. even yeah like in the in the episode I, either there or maybe like later but maybe when it's been solved and it's like the pieces are all getting put together so we get to see it fully realized as like cooper's well they sort of go through the case the yeah. whole thing bit by bit and and we see flashes of it i mean there was never a court case of course with the killer but if ever if they say there was you could have used the footage then yeah and it yeah, could have been like a I mean. special thing to actually see because i think that is the one interesting thing about it though is that laura's the main character which we never had in the show because she was dead <laughs> yeah we got to follow her and we got to feel her dread and like her fear of Bob and all the rest of it. And I know. think one of my biggest problems is it doesn't do anything that I don't expect. We got everything so accurate through Cooper's investigation that there wasn't really anything that surprised me. No, I think the only thing you can go to is like her mindset and like see, actually see the fear and feel yeah. what she's going through and sort of the, the, the delirious nature of it all because she, she is almost getting more dreamlike as she goes on because she's taking so much coke and she's doing all this stuff to try and yeah and obviously i remember questioning as we watch and the reveal happened like did she know that bob was a father and all that and this kind of clears that up i guess yeah which is actually one of my favorite moments in the movie actually is when she sees bob going for a diary and she runs out and she's like lying out there and then she sees her dad come out of the house and she kind of puts it together that it's yeah. like she's maybe not confirmed yet i don't think it's until the actual sex scene which, by the way, was creepy as shit. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Which is probably the best thing this movie has going for it, is that it, it is repeatedly very creepy with all this stuff. With Yeah. Um, and she screams a lot. She does. She does scream a lot. And obviously, we, we mentioned in the, the, the final episode how scary her screaming is. It is. It's very scary. <laughs> so, you know, it's got that going for it, I suppose. Oh, dear. Um, but yeah, back to the, the case. So, they have a couple of weird moments at a diner, which again, it feels like, oh, we're doing kind of Twin Peaks, but it's not exactly Twin Peaks that you know, because it's a different town, it's a different diner, it's a different type yeah. of people. And this is the opposite of Norma <laughs> at the counter, talking to them kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but basically, it all comes boiling down to is they, they go out to this trailer park where Harry Dean Stanton, hey, like him, uh, owns, owns this trailer park and he, he shows them around to... Uh, to the, the victim, I can't remember, I keep, I keep forgetting her name. Uh, Banks, Teresa Banks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, so her trailer. They look around. He goes back after though. So he sends Keith Sullivan back to back to base, and he goes to the, the trailer again, and he sees this ring. He looks under the trailer, and he sees this ring. And they they kept talking about how the 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 body was missed. Like they could tell it was wearing a ring when she died. There was like a sort of mark from a ring. And it's got the, and of course we recognise the symbol on it. It's the from the old cave. Mm. It's it's that whole shit bar. And this is when it's, this is the most David Lynch, or the, or the first really David Lynch thing that happens is that he sees this ring and it's like, Fum. yeah. And we cut to the office and they're talking about how he's missing and they've not seen him. And yeah, it's it. That, that's just something that's like, oh, this is getting interesting. Yeah, but then it kind of forgets about that. Yeah, well, so obviously we see Cooper and we have that cool thing with the, the camera where he notices it's like running behind and he sees David Bowie <laughs> come in from, from... As you do. As behind. And we get this impression that David Bowie was never actually there, even though he's on footage. And like, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were talking to him, but then he just disappears and reception's like, nah, he wasn't here. But as he's talking, like we're getting these flashes of the... the uh, well, I'm, I mean, the Black Lodge was a different kind of location and there was more characters. There was like new people there. Yeah. Interestingly, one was a grandmother and a grandson, and we did kind of have that in the show briefly early on. If you remember, when Donna went to the the house across from a yeah, I I wasn't sure if they were meant to be the same people there. Because obviously that yeah. that kid was creepy as shit. <laughs> I think they might have been. Maybe it was just a case of recasting because it's been so long. Because I mean, I mean, it was only a couple of years since they shot that probably, but the kid would have went through a yeah. lot of changes since then. Uh, so maybe that was meant to be the same people but there was also some other characters there's that creepy white mask with the, the long nose yeah and obviously you see the kid wearing that later uh, but obviously this implies that this uh, David Bowie character um, Philip Jeffries he he's 
encountered the Black Lodge. He's encountered someone from there, and he's yeah. kind of... I was actually speculating, now, it doesn't really add up with the ending, but I was kind of speculating at one point that maybe the Black Lodge looks different for every everyone. Like, mm. uh, Cooper's red curtains, and that's what we've always seen. But because when we, he's talking and we're seeing this sort of, almost like a run-down house kind of vibe, yeah. and when Laura gets that painting later on, it's like a, it's like all like flowered wallpaper kind mm. of thing. And I was wondering if, oh, maybe it just looks different for everyone else. Like, maybe it's just different entrances. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Uh, but that, that, so yeah, was that really weird thing? And Cooper goes to investigate, and he sees where the, the the trailer was. We get a little bit of talking to Diane on the on the tape recorder, which is nice because definitely not enough. Yeah, not enough, but we definitely wanted to hear that, so that's cool. Uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I have, uh, you know, this this killer will strike again. I have. He even talks to Albert. We get to see Albert, of course, at the, the home office. Uh, and that's, that's the other thing. There's so many of these characters who just pop up, which may not seem like a big deal, but I feel like that obviously if you're a fan of the show, you're recognising all these people. and you're. Yeah, but they're kind of superfluous to, to the story. It's just like, hey, here's someone else you know. Yeah. Where, and again, this is I don't know how someone who hasn't seen the show would enjoy this because there's so many of those characters that it's there just because you've seen them. And it's like, hey... We got these. It does make sense, though. At least some of them do. Like, you know, yeah. like Shelley at the diner before, you know, the Meals on Wheels, because we knew Laura was doing that, so that had to kind of fit in. It was like just making sure it ticked that off and say, yeah, look, she was doing this yeah. before she died, kind of thing. Um, but, no. So, and that, that was basically the point, because obviously Cooper talks about dreams and he talks about having one and think, you know, I'm pretty sure the killer's going to strike again. It's going to be a girl who's in high school, does drugs, sexually active. Uh, so it's feeding some of that stuff, uh, but then the movie really begins <laughs> because it gets to, goes to Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's it's this weird prologue almost that forty minutes or so. Yeah, that I just I, I don't get it. Like I, I like what it does, you know. I, I like watching it. I get I get the the point of oh, okay, this is setting up things in place, but I don't know if I needed to see that much of it. If the movie had just started, you know. In Twin Peaks and gone from there. How much would you have missed? I thought you could have had like a five-minute thing where they find the body, you see them get the the letter, and you have Cooper be worried that the killer's going to strike again. Boom! One year later, done. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like you could have done that. Like it, it would literally just be like a couple of scenes setting up. Now, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's other things like introduces the ring. It, 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 you know, there's all these little textual, contextual things, but it. It does feel like it goes on a long time, and the movie could have just been a tighter, like ninety, you know, maybe a one hour forty kind of movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, so so we're with Laura, and she's like, "Hey, Donna," and I'm like, "That's not Donna." <laughs> What's I'm, going on? I'm glad they they made a point of repeatedly saying Donna's name yeah. the first few times because I was forgetting that that was meant to be Donna. Um, honestly, I didn't because it was what she was wearing. It was so similar to what she wore at the start of the show, like those big cardigans. That I was like, "Yeah, it's Donna." Uh, that's fair. It was just the first time. Like I was like, you know, like you just said there. It's like that's not Donna. And then <laughs> cut back to like five minutes later. You know, when we hadn't seen her, there's been a couple of scenes, whatever. And then I was like, "Who's that?" And then she says, "Donna." I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah." It's funny what sticks in your mind though, because see, see when Bobby showed up, and then the reference make at one point. Uh, well, you see him as well, briefly, but like the the reference, what I'm talking about is, I was like, oh yeah, that's right, Bobby and uh, Laura were supposed to be a couple when she died. <laughs> yeah. It was just because I, th- I think her with her being with so many other people that I forget. Oh yeah, that was actually meant to be her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. And you Donna was who's who. And Donna was dating Mike at the start of the show, which again, like <laughs> I completely forgot that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just... I will say, every time I saw James on his bike, I was just like, ugh. <laughs> oh, he's such a cheesy character. He likes to talk in... So... No, it's funny, because at one point, Bobby uh, drops an F-bomb, and it didn't occur to me at first, but it was like 10 seconds later, I went, oh, wait a minute, he just swore. He can do that on the <laughs> show. That's weird. Yeah. And then, then, of course, later on, there were so many boobs that, <laughs> that became... He's like, bye, you can do that on the show. Yeah, no, you can... I can do it in the new season, it's on Showtime. They almost certainly will do it because it's on Showtime. Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, Peaks is it's Peaks. Lynch has never shied away from uh, doing stuff like that if it, if it helps the story. And no, I, I think with, with Laura's story specifically, she's gone down this dark hole where she's 
like we, we see her almost transform it's kind of like what donna almost did in the show later yeah where she becomes a different person and she's becoming this this dark person who doesn't want to even talk to her she, she goes out to a bar and she's basically accepting payment from two random men to uh be a prostitute and we obviously we, we hear her when she talks to renette pulaski that they did this before and that her dad aka as bob almost like went to the services uh, yeah and we see like another quick flashback of that and that was just before he ended up killing uh, uh banks but like that that whole scene because that, that scene takes because they go to the bar and i think donna did speak about this in the show i i, I remember her t- talking about uh, making out with some guys yeah yeah on, on the show definitely, i think she told it to diary guy Yes, yeah, I think, yeah. Which, by the way, I was not expecting to see him. I was like, no. oh, yeah, him, Howard, yeah. the fuller guy. I couldn't remember his name, so I was just like, yeah. ah, the diary guy. <laughs> yeah. You'll know who I mean, but yeah. I'm, I'm sure, you know, when he was writing her diary, that was the story that she told him. Yeah, um, obviously she didn't remember all of it, which is obvious because she was spiked, you know, she was drugged, and she yeah. was drinking blind, and... Uh, she'd probably be quite disturbed if she remembered exactly what she got up to. Um, but she tries to sort of... Again, it was something we saw on the show a lot where she was trying to emulate who Laura was. Mm. Uh, but she was trying to do it on this night where she like Laura kisses this random guy, or more or less random, the guy who tried to pay her for sex. And she does it with the other guy, his friend, just to kind of show that she can do it. And they go to this Canadian nightclub where there's just people stripping and... This constant pounding music, where they they knew they needed subtitles. <laughs> this is one of those few bits that I know of rare trivia. You know, when when this was shown in the UK in the cinemas, mm-hmm. uh, Lynch at the time couldn't decide if he wanted it to be subtitled or not, and he, it was really late in the process that it was decided. So, all the British prints didn't have it; they didn't have the subtitles for this. All the backward speaking stuff. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Okay, that would have been impossible to hear then. Cause... It would have been a chore, because I was like, how do you make out any of it? It was a good, what, five, ten minute section? Yeah, I'd say at least ten. Well, yeah. quite a while on that, because there, there was that pounding music kind of going on throughout the whole thing, and that, that the whole, obviously it's like, she, she, she's, you know, sunken further into this dark hole where you can barely yeah. hear or make her out, and to the point where she takes her top off when she's just dancing with this guy, and she's just, she's yeah. topless for ages. Yeah, it's kind of why I'm struggling to remember how long that chunk is because that music is so repetitive and it just goes on and it's yeah. just like, it, you kind of gets into a trance and I'm like, how long was that? I'm but I, I think that's sure. the point. I think it is trance-like. I think no, that's, it is, yeah. That's the gist of it. But she, but it's funny enough, it's when she notices Donna's kind of doing what she does and yeah. Donna's topless that she breaks out and she screams actually. She does, she does the full the full Laura Palmer scream and she runs over and takes her home. Yeah. Um, and I think that's interesting for her perspective because she doesn't want to drag her down with her. Yeah, she's still ultimately a good person. She's yeah. it's a you know it's this spiral that she's going through herself. But like I say, she doesn't want to take anyone with her. It's it's she's still good to her friends. Yeah, I I think probably some of the most effective stuff in the movie though is the the sex scene with Bob, and you can you know it's going to cut to. Be Leland at some point. You know it has to, yeah. Yeah, and it's really creepy. And I actually think even creepier than that's the morning after at breakfast. Oh, where he just comes in and, and like has no idea. Yeah, and he's just talking to her as if nothing's wrong. Yeah. Uh, like that, that for me was like super creepy. It was kind of like, oh, I mean, I'm not sure if the analogy's meant to be here for like actual like you know child abuse, but it certainly feels like it's yeah. like this scene was really feeling awkward as a result of it, and it was. Oofed. Yeah, I think it worked a lot better as well because earlier on, you know, when when she saw Bob and then saw Leland, mm. and she was outside when she came home, and, and he was like, "Oh, sit down, have dinner." Yeah, and, and you know that's where he starts going on about a finger, but it has the same sort of vibes as it does the morning after the sex scene. Yeah, yeah, but that's obviously this has turned up to eleven because we actually yeah, have just yeah. seen him do this. Um, but no, really, really, really creepy stuff, uh, which is probably my biggest. Uh, like praise of the film, I, I think it gets proper sinister and creepy with the way it's it's tackling stuff. Definitely. Uh, now, obviously, she gets this painting. So, so it's the Mills and Wheels. She's about to go do that, and the grandmother and grandson show up, and the grandson is now wearing the creepy mask that the other guy was wearing when we saw yes. when we saw the previous sort of window into the the Black Lodge, and it's this painting of a door that they give, and they. 
Have you ever listened to Peyton? They say, oh, uh, what, what, say something about Bob from the other side. Yeah, and they tell her that she should hang it on a wall. Yeah, she should hang it on a wall. And it's when she finally does, and she has this, this dream. Again, coming back to like, Cooper having dreams, her having dreams. And she she goes through the, the door and the wall, and she can kind of see it in the painting at the same time, which is a really yeah, cool yeah. little effect. But thing, I love the, the way it's the way it's filmed. Like you say, he, Lynch, he knows how to film things, regardless yeah. of whether or not it has purpose or not. You know, like they say where she's going through the door looking back and you can see the other one in the door looking back and as she goes through, it's like, well, she can't see it. She can't see it anymore, but we can see both. Yeah. You really feel like you're watching her descend into a nightmare, even when she's awake. There's not just this scene, but the whole thing. It feels like she's just spiralling out of control yeah. and you know it's ultimately going to end with her. Even though I think there's one uplifting point to it, but I'll, I'll get to that when we get to the ending. So, so she she's got, she has this dream and she wakes up in her bed and she thinks she's woken up. It's it's kind of an inceptiony, you know, dream within a dream kind of deal. And mm. Annie's lying next to her, bloody. Yeah. And I think this is <laughs> having just finished. I think fans of the show as well back in the day probably got the most excited at this moment. It was like, oh god, what what? Talk to us. What's going on? And she even says, "Good Cooper is trapped." In the black yeah, lodge, yeah, yeah, you've got to write this in your diary. You got to write this in your diary, and she, she never does. And you almost no. wonder, like, had she written that? And it ties in, of course, because we all we've talked about how Cooper was old and the first dream he had, and how whenever they, they think they get dreams from the black lodge, the messages from the black lodge are not necessarily in time, like the together yeah, in sync. Definitely not. But we've seen that they can be from the past or the future, that kind of thing. And it's like, holy shit, she got a message from Annie like before all this happened. Is... Yeah, yeah, it's like, as much as prequel, we know there are things in the Black Lodge stuff that is, you know, after the show. Cause yeah, because you see Cooper be. in there and you, yeah. you get that, again, timey stuff's happening and it's actually him from post. Yeah, but, but because it's so well established that time is funny in the Black Lodge, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bye. And this is when we need to talk about the ring. Because this is the ring's been introduced to us. We obviously we mentioned the ring under the trailer, and that that's when uh, uh, Chester yeah. Desmond went missing. And we see the ring in a few other places. We we see the one-armed man wearing the yeah. ring, um, and he's different to everyone else because when she dreams about Cooper, she dreams about Annie. They all say not to put on the ring. Yes. Whereas the one-armed man's kind of different. He kind of. He doesn't say put it on, but he he just kind of kind of encourages it, doesn't he? Yeah, he encourages it, especially at the end of the movie. Obviously, when he's running, trying to find her, and he throws the ring in. Yeah. Um, and the ring. This is one of these things. It's one of these Lynch MacGuffins where, okay, normal movies have MacGuffins where the plot revolves around an item or something like that. Where yeah, it, it drives the plot. It's it's not something you complain about in a movie because yeah. it's just that's that's how movies work. But what Lynch does with MacGuffins is he doesn't tell you what the hell the MacGuffin is or what it does. <laughs> it just still. Functions the same way, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you're you only really getting half the story. Yeah, so you're trying you're try to figure it out. And uh, I wasn't sure what it was trying to tell me throughout the movie. Uh, like, obviously, having the first victim where I thought, is it, like, a sign that they're going to be this taken? This person is chosen, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But then Mike has it, and, like, all these other, like, people from the lodge uh, are saying, like, either wear it, don't wear it, kind of thing. And... I, like I wasn't sure where it was going with it, really. Right? Yeah. Obviously, I have some more thoughts given the ending, but yeah. up until that point, I really didn't know. So, events play out, and we we see Leland uh, possessed by Bob, uh, like sort of knock out Jacques. Which, by the way, Jacques's another character we've not seen in the show for so long that it was like, oh, Jacques, yeah. Also, the fact that you know Leland followed her there. This is what I really want to point out. So she she's really quiet. She sneaks out the window, mm-hmm. and then James pulls up on his roaring <laughs> bike. It's like, yeah, because the parents ain't gonna hear that, are they? And I'm sure they know James has a bike. Aye. I just I'm just like, really? Well, Come on, park, park the bike around the corner. She can walk around. So yeah, he he follows her to to the cabin where we know that both the girls spent the night with Leo and and Jacques, and they. They're having their demented sex thing, and it's one of these things where it's shown you, and it's shown you some nudity, and it's shown you how sort of depraved the whole thing was. Yeah. Um, but you never seen that quite in the show. It was really, and it, it gives the movie a darker tone. Like the whole thing feels like it's more of a descent into madness than the show ever did. The show always had a nice sort of, well, let's have a joke about cherry pie and this, this, do this. Yeah, it's because ultimately the descent into madness had already happened by the time mm. we got to the show, so we didn't need to experience it. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, but he, he takes them to the train car where we, we know the murder ended up happening and obviously I actually had this thought during the, the finale of the show actually but it was it was again coming up here because the, the whole fire walk with me thing mm. uh, you know especially in the show it would cut to like the fire sometimes when it was Bob talking like it, yeah. it, it cut to like just you know images of like explosions and flames and mm. whatever and I, I think it's just a sense of fire walk with me is like when he's inside you yeah you know it's like you know walk with me like I just like uh, that's the sense I was getting. Um, but anyway, so he, he's doing his thing, and so obviously we talked about in the show a lot how he wants Laura to let him in. He wants to possess her. Yes, uh, he's done with Leland. He wants her, and that's what he's building. To. He's trying to break her down so she'll do this. And I think with the ring, I think, I think putting on the ring is making the choice of that. Hmm. To an extent, um, and I think that's why everyone's telling her not to do it. But I think I think because the ring comes from Mike, and when she puts the the ring on, I think and she obviously I think she's accepting she has to die. She doesn't want to be taken over, so she's saying yeah. Because of, and the reason why I'm saying this is because a couple of seconds later, an, uh, an angel shows up and frees Renette Pulaski. And all I could think was, oh, okay, well this must be from the White Lodge. We, we talk about the Black Lodge so much. We know there's a White Lodge. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. We got all this. It, you know, is Mike from the White Lodge? Is is that where he's from? Specifically, yeah, especially obviously it's it's an angel, yeah. literally white, glowing. Yeah. Uh, so is is her putting on the ring what calls the angel to come in at least help the other person, if not her? Yeah, it's the it's the 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 self sacrifice in this case. Yeah, and of of course Bob's killing her because at this point he realises he's never getting her. Yeah, so it's just rage. Yeah. Um, he's he's not getting her soul essentially, uh, which is what, what I think the 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 ultimate ending is is that. So Leland goes to the you know the, the circle with the curtain goes into the Black mm-hmm. Lodge, uh, and he he is told by the one armed man and the you know the man from the other place to uh, what was the word? Oh sorry, I, I can't remember the word now. Ah, oh, what's the word? I don't have the exact word. Sorry. Uh, you know it was a uh, yeah yeah. Your pain and sorrow, I think, was what it meant. It's, it's actually said in the subtitles. Yeah, yeah, what it, it, meant. Was, it was a different language. It was Gaza Bonum or something. Gaza like... Bonum. Gaza- <laughs> Uh, that sounds kind of right. Yeah, it's in that. Uh, yeah, it's in that. There's yeah. a reason I can't remember it because I've never seen it before. Uh, it was weird. No, I agree. <laughs> uh, and but Laura's not there now. We know this is kind of the waiting room, but we see Laura in a similar room, like red curtains again, similar kind of idea yeah. uh, with Cooper. And Cooper, it's it's, it's it's Cooper. It's not the others. It's not you know giant. It's not mm. you know. The little guy. It's just Cooper, and he's very welcoming. He, he actually, you genuinely feel that this is Cooper post-show. Yes. That this is good, good Cooper uh, afterwards, and the the light starts flashing, but it's not as quick as when it's Bob coming. Yeah. And then an angel comes, and it ends with her looking up, and kind of smiling at the light, and it kind of feels like our soul has been saved in some way. Yeah. I, I I can't think of any other way to interpret interpret that last scene other than. She made a choice that ended her life, but at least saved her soul, because Bob didn't get it. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, that's about as much as I can come up with. In the terms the of only that. question that begs is, why do we still see her in the Black Lodge as her? Uh, well, arguably we don't. Maybe because remember they said that was the waiting room. Maybe the waiting rooms for both. Oh, okay. No, that's fair. Uh, because because when we cut to her in this place, it still looks the same as the, the Black yeah, Lodge. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Assuming this is indeed the Black Lodge, but I, I imagine it is based on yeah, yeah, based on what's happening. I, I also wondered the the bit with Leland, if maybe that's you know the the bit where his hair turns white and Bob's like fully got him. Then mm. I wonder if that bit where he goes in there and we see all that stuff is if that's actually that moment, just out of time again. Oh, maybe, yeah. And maybe that's what actually saves Laura to some degree as well, like him offering himself. Yeah, he offers the last of them. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Because yeah, cause he, he sucks out, he's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounded really dark the way I said it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but if you've <laughs> yeah. seen it, you know what we're talking about. Right. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what saved her, is that he ultimately offered himself uh, in yeah. there. Yeah. 
I don't know, but it'd be nice for for Leland to have done something good at the end, and you know, have made a difference. Well, because you can see throughout the movie, he's, he, he kind of there's moments where he kind of comes back into control to an extent, where he realizes some because he, he sees his his daughter, but he, he thinks he's going to have a threesome or whatever with some prostitutes, and he sees his daughter, and he kind of snaps out of it. Yeah, uh, and he he has these moments of uh, sort of self awareness. Mm. Um. But no, uh, he obviously rewise gives a great performance. Uh, in this Doesn't he always? Yeah, I mean both him and uh, Cheryl Lee playing Laura. I think they're both really good. Uh, what is interesting, I actually did learn this today, is uh, the actor who played Bob, unfortunately, um, suffers from mental illness now. Mm. So he won't be in the new show. Uh, but we know rewise is in the new show, and I'm wondering if rewise will now play Bob. I can see it. I feel like thematically it's the one that makes the most sense to just let him do that now. Yeah, like he became that, like that part, yeah. that side of him. Yeah, uh, mm. just give him a denim jacket. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> give him a denim mm. jacket and I'll, I'll buy it. Uh, I'm actually really yeah, curious. I mean, you say that, well, that's the thing. Obviously, we've only ever seen Bob in that one form, but given mm. what he is, if they tell me, oh, he can look like something else. I have no problem buying that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have no problem with that. I think I think what's interesting to me now is what other characters are going to pop up. Um, like I've got a funny feeling we might see Nodonna because they already recast her for this, and then they could just sort of because they can easily explain why anyone's not there. It's been twenty five years. It's like yeah, and it depends. It also depends the reason why she wasn't in this. Like it could have just been a scheduling thing. Uh, I believe she didn't want to. I believe she turned it down. Right. Okay. In fact, I also believe uh, Kel McLachlan uh, turned it down initially and then changed his mind. Ah, okay. I mean, it's just not like he's got much to do in this, really, has he? But I think that's I think that's why he has so little to do, because they had to sort of rejigger uh, it. Work around yeah. and go. I wonder if maybe that all those agents at the start was kind of meant to be him the whole time. Well, I don't know. Cause for, mo- for more of it, at least. Because they set up Agent Chester Desmond, and I'm wondering, like, are we going to see him in the new season? Like, he went missing. Like, is he going to pop up? Well, it's possible. I, I don't know. I mean, that that could be the one really relevant... I mean, other than the mythology stuff with the, the Lodges and the Angel and yeah. that kind of thing. Like, Because that was, that was the true thing that felt new. Uh, other than the, the stuff at the start was... It, it was the angel in a, the, this ring. But a lot of the actual details of what Laura was doing through the last few days were pretty much what we expected. I mean, they were really well shot. They were really tense and they were really like uh, hypnotic, as we said, very dreamlike and nightmarish. Yeah. Um, but it well, wasn't it wasn't new, let you say. Yeah, it was information that we kind of already had, mm. uh, which makes it a really weird thing. Uh, but at the same time, I would never recommend watching this before the show because it spoils who the killer is, and don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. James yeah. is a bloody madman, though. I know, I know. Like, do, I, do you know something I found really interesting about the angel? Just yes. to, to get back to that scene, I love that it came from the the painting, the other painting though that she had on it on the, on her wall. That's a good point. Yeah, we didn't mention that. Yeah, she had this other painting, and it was like uh, three or four small children uh, at a dinner table looking up at an angel, and the angel faded away. Like, yeah. So at one point in the movie, it faded away. It was um, it was after she put the other painting up. Sometime I think after it that, might have been. yeah, yeah, uh, it faded away, and I was like, "Oh, is that because evil's in the room now? This angel can't be here." Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. So obviously, the, she got the painting from the, the the Black Lodge people, right? They gave it to her. Yes. So it was almost like, okay, we know you've got this almost protection from the White Lodge in your room, and we can't get you. But this is but a if doorway. You put this, in, this is a doorway yeah. into your room, into you. Almost literal doorway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because so. um, even, even during this, I was thinking, like, who's going to pop up? Because obviously certain characters don't. And it, it, I mean, it makes sense that we don't see the sheriff or even like a lot of the other characters because they're not really relevant. To yeah, it. it'd be like, like Andy and Lucy. How weird would it be to them? Like, the tone. Yeah. Like, it'd be so off because they're just so cheerful. Yeah. So I, I get it. So I'm just, I'm curious as to who's going to be very relevant in this new season and I feel like yeah, I feel like the the, the mystery of uh, Chester Desmond might might pop up. Like I can see him popping up at mm. some point, and and that would alleviate some of my problems with this movie. You know, because obviously one of the big problems is I don't feel like that part of the the movie really goes anywhere, at, at least in this movie. But mm. if it comes up in that show, at least I can go right. Okay, there was a purpose to it. I get why it was there. 
and that retroactively makes it a little bit better for me. Um, I'm curious as to why this was the choice, like at the time, 1992. Well, 1992 when it came out, so maybe a year before that or whatever. But you know, when the decision, okay, we're going to do a movie. You know, why was this the choice? Why was it the choice to do a prequel? Why was it the choice to explore this stuff specifically? Yeah, it was like, okay, you've been greenlit a movie. Why, why a sequel instead of answering the questions of the ending? Now, I get that Lynch likes to be cryptic, so I, I can I can understand part of it, but I just I'm just curious as to what about this interested him. And that, maybe it is the, the idea that Laura had this small victory at the end, where she got to defy Bob with mm. her final act. You know, it gives her a little bit of a an upswing compared to because yeah. she seems like such a tragic figure otherwise. Uh, but she got to at least take a little bit of control in the final moment, perhaps. Mm. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, will this ring pop back up? Because we've never seen the ring in the show, but there was a lot of talk of other rings. You know, the giant took Cooper's ring. One yeah, yeah, rings were a big thematic point. Yeah, circular sort of thing. You know, uh, obviously the circle in the woods. Uh, there was yeah. a lot of stuff in this movie specifically with the fan revolving. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Oh, it's another point, actually. Uh, uh, her mother seen the white horse just before mm. he, uh, Bob goes in to have sex with her. It's, it's almost like yeah. that's a warning where she... And it's like, again, he, he gives her this glass of milk first, to, presumably with something in it. To, to yeah, you have out. to assume some sleeping pills or something, yeah. yeah. Just, just to knock her out so she's not aware of it. But the idea that her mother, like her perhaps, maybe she passed down... We talked about this before because she's seen Bob way at the start yeah. of the show. And we talked about how maybe she, they both have these abilities to maybe see things from the Black Lodge or the White Lodge and have these kind of experiences. And that she's been... This is a warning. She's seen this horse as a... Is yeah. like a final warning sign for it, but she's too weak and doped up to do anything about it. Which is ultimately, you know, the same fate as when when she sees the horse in the show. Yeah, uh, which and I have to wonder. It's almost like she is again, like a a prelude to Laura, just in the way that she's constantly drinking and smoking to sort of dull whatever. Yeah, it she makes goes a through. big point of showing us just how much she smokes. Yeah, a ridiculous amount. Um, and you get a sense it's kind of what Laura's doing now with the cocaine and everything else. Um, just more extreme. Which, by the way, uh, I suppose one scene that was a little bit weird for me is that Bobby sh- like killed a guy. Yeah, I, I was like, did he kill a guy? I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. Um, I remember there being a body they had to take care of early on in the show. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't recall ever thinking that Bobby had specifically killed someone. No, no, because obviously, I think um, Laura, I think, I think it was James. She was saying, "Oh, Bobby killed a guy. Let's go. I'll show you." Yeah. And then we never really get to it. I was wondering if she was just so coked up that whatever happened, she thought, thought it was something different. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's not really what happened. She just saw that. Because we're seeing a lot of that stuff through her perspective, mm-hmm. it feels like, at the very least. So I don't know if I can trust what I saw there, because I feel like she was so coked up at that point that I don't know if that's actually what happened. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can, I can see it. Because, it, like you say, it felt a little bit weird. It also seemed a bit weird when, you know, at the start where she just, in the school, goes and does coke in the toilets. I'm like, right, so no one knew you were on drugs at all. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to go and just do it in the school toilets. Well, Bobby did. I think, I think... Uh, okay, yeah. I think James suspected, even brought it up in this, that he was like, you on something again, kind of thing. Yeah. Donna seemed a bit clueless, though, if I recall. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, she did keep repeatedly point out that, that Laura kept at her arm's length and kept not telling her things and, you know, talk about how night time's her time, but she won't let her into that part yeah, of her life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I'll say this, though, for a teenage girl, she has quite a hit, like, you know, the fact that her and Renette Pulaski previously worked at a whorehouse and have now retired from the whorehouse and t- reminisce about the whorehouse and they're still teenagers is just like, man, like, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, right. it's a lot of history to have by that time. It <laughs> but, is. I mean... But yeah. Um, also, one little subtle thing I really liked is when they, they kiss the two guys in the bar, uh, Laura mm. and Donna. When Laura goes to kiss the guy, it is the most disgustingly like in your face because you can see the tongues proper and everything like in the kiss. Yeah. Well, they make, yeah. They, they go out of their way to make you feel uncomfortable with how how overtly kisses. It's even later on actually when she's kissing a uh, Jacques. Yeah, I mean, it feels the whole way with all of that sex and nudity stuff that all that side of things is very over the top and disgusting yeah basically. and it's just to make you go hmm, okay yeah it's dirty and grimy and it's not like yeah it's not something that's supposed to be enjoyed yeah it's supposed to make you feel like this is 
uncomfortable. This is wrong. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's technically consensual, but it's like consensual by like, yeah, I'm going to like take as much drugs as possible so I don't have to know what I'm doing for the rest of the night. Yes, yeah. So you know, it's it's in that weird kind of just creamy like subsect. It's, it's ugh. But yeah. the, the whole th- the whole thing is uncomfortable, and that's kind of the point. But it's again, it's very hypnotic as it's all happening, and you kind you almost feel like you're with her, like you're kind of hopped up, <laughs> like yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, all just happening in front of you that you have to. So, from a fellow making perspective, Lynch obviously knows what he's doing, and he's 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 knocking it out of the park like with every scene almost. Yeah, no arguments here on that. Um, it's just a it's a really weird product. If that's, that's a really bad word to use, but. It's a as as a movie as a complete package. It's a really weird thing. Yeah, as a self-contained as this is a release. As this is this is a movie. It doesn't really function, does it? But as a companion to a show, and yeah, again, as, as as part of the overall story. And we we get we get to watch this knowing that we have a new season in a week. So we're like, yeah, sure, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. Get. I can see why people were frustrated. It's the same kind of thing with uh, you know X Files. Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. Here, have a movie. <laughs> we ain't wrapping it up. Here, have another movie. Still not wrapping it up. Yeah. Well, the first one happened in the middle of the show, to be fair. But yeah, that second one that happened like after the fact. It was. It uh, was... All right. Yeah, but then it went here. Have another TV season. <laughs> you think we're gonna wrap it up with this? Well, I'm not expecting Twin Peaks to wrap up neatly. I'm expecting ambiguity at the end, but I'm I, expecting I... an arc to close. I feel like we're we are two acts into the story. Yeah, I expect it to feel like an ending. Yes, but it, will, yes. it might have ambiguity in what the ending is. Sure, I've got no problem with that, but I do expect it to feel like it has an ending. Yes, no, I I, I concur with that. Uh, which <laughs> X Files doesn't feel like. Oh, that's getting another ten episodes next year. So, uh, it's still not going to end, though, is it? It's still not going to do it. It's going to end in a cliffhanger, like hinting at the real mystery. Like after all uh, this time, there's, there's this. You, you know it is. Oh dear God. Um... <laughs> But I wonder, like, have you seen Annie in the new show? I've not checked to see if Heather Graham's in it, but... I have not looked. I mean, we watched the trailer for the first time the other we day. We did, we did this week. Uh, Pete, Pete took the dive and told me it was safe. I did. Uh, some new characters in there. Yeah. Um, some glimpses, of course, there's glimpses of Cooper, who's looking very sinister. I, I'm, I'm feeling like he's opening this bob, like, mm, when I we think start. He might. Um, we, we also, we a quick glimpse of Shelley, there's a glimpse of... Uh, uh, Gordon uh, with Albert, which obviously I actually was really surprised when I saw him because obviously he passed away recently, and I did not know that he'd filmed stuff with him before that. So I was actually really kind of pleasantly bittersweet yeah, surprised. Yeah, and it means it him. means they got enough to use everything they at least needed to. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm pretty sure shooting probably finished a while ago. Cause it's 18 hours essentially of a it's like an 18 hour movie. Yeah, especially when Lynch is directing all of it, it had to have been going a while. Yeah, so I feel like they probably finished filming a year ago. Maybe close to that. Maybe. I mean, I mean, maybe not quite that long ago because they were having those disputes about episodes and stuff. Oh yeah, but that was way back uh, in 2015. Is that that long ago? Yeah, because remember they were going to do it and then Lynch pulled out because they were arguing. With yeah, 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 yeah. And then they said, "No, it's definitely coming now." But because I remember they announced, "Oh, it's going to be 2017," but that was because it felt like a long time away because it was like still 2015 when they announced that it was finally mm, right. happening. So, I bet he wanted it to be 2016, just so it could have been the nice 25 years. Hey, it's 25 years since this movie, at least, so it's still. Yeah, yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, um, as a besides the red, the you know the, the Black Lodge. Tam, Tammy Wimey. Tammy Wimey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, on on the trailer, I thought, oh man, this is a great trailer. It tells me absolutely nothing, but yeah. I'm I'm enthralled with every cut, you know, because it cuts between things. Yeah, and it's got I'm that. Like, oh, this is great. Really sinister, bassy synth just playing throughout it, and it's like, yeah, yeah. this is David Lynch. I can recognise this sound anywhere. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I have like almost no information yeah. from the trailer about there's a, there's a what shot, it's going to be. There's a shot of a camera. There's a shot of uh, old Andy. Um, yeah. Like, I'm just I have no idea. Obviously, there's tons of characters we know are in it that we don't see, but. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I like you know are we going to get Dick? Is Dick Tremaine going <laughs> to make his appearance? I I, I I don't know if there's more trailers out there yet because I, I I haven't gone searching. The, they've been putting out featurettes talking about how much of a just talking about the genesis of the show and the history of it. I don't know if there's been much more in the way of actual. Yeah, and I, I hope there's not. I don't want to see any more. I want to just like that was enough. I'm excited. I don't want to know too much going into this. No, I mean, I, honestly, I'm not worried, though. I feel like Lynch, 
Lynch has is some very, sort of control. Yeah, he's very uncommercial, but in a very good way. If you care about his stuff, that he doesn't like, because uh, he, he recently said he wasn't, he didn't want to do any more movies, and the reason, and the reason he gave was like, yeah, yeah my movies don't make money, and no one wants to see them at the theaters, and it's like, don't get me wrong, I'm like, yeah, but Lynch, there's still a dedicated following, like, you know, do some VOD stuff, like, just do a movie. But that said, though, I'm getting 18 episodes of Twin Peaks. I can't really be mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, in, in a way of like you know uh, how secretive jj abrams is with his mm. movies it, it's kind of the same sort of thing where it's so close to the chest they know what's going on they've got the information but you kind of just have to go in a fairly blind yeah no um and i, I think he has a lot because that's actually one thing i watched the, the feature at the it was just a five minute thing talking about the, the impact of the show and mm. even though it you know obviously cancelled after two seasons the impact that it had on TV as a whole, one one of the sound bits that really—I know we're off the movie at this point—but I just uh, this is as good a place as any to put in this little conversation. Yeah. Um, is uh, I don't know who who has been interviewed at this particular point, but he said basically back in 1990 when it premiered, TV was lame. Staying in and watching TV was like a lame thing to do. Uh, TV just wasn't a good thing necessarily. Uh, for, for drama, I think there's a lot of good sitcoms from the back then. But yeah, you know, thinking about it, how many good dramas were on at the time? It wasn't like a the whole idea of it being a water cooler show was basically invented between peaks, where you you talk about it at work the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, what was it? ABC in the nineties? Just the idea of that. Yeah. Um, and just how many like I know Lost was inspired between peaks. I think the whole idea of having a big cliffhanger at the end of an episode that revealed something. Is kind of largely inspired by Twin Peaks. Mm. Um, I'd argue just how serialized it kind of is because there's mm. some episodes where literally like nothing happens, and you know, like little bits would happen here and there, but for the large part, nothing. It wouldn't have its own focus of an episode. And Almost I feel to like a fault, but yeah, sometimes to a fault, and I think that's been improved upon in in the past 20 years don't yeah, get me wrong but, but it definitely seems to have come from there but i think it, I, I think it's really true though when you look at tv like tv got good like in the last couple of decades like t- good t- hmm. like no you don't really find people off i mean people sure people have fond memories of the a-team and of night raider and they're, they're fun but people don't talk about them like good tv like you have twin peaks and then i think buffy was in the, maybe not that obviously x-files was in between them but then buffy was a big thing mid-90s it was really the late 90s where things like buffy and then you had um 99 i think with sopranos when it came in that was the first big hbo show and you had these other things yeah and tv became this premium like thing where you had great and then by the time you get to the mid 2000s you've got things like lost you've got things like the wire you've got things and now we're at the point now where we have so much like quality tv that it's just like yeah, yeah i mean there's a reason it's now is referred to as the, the golden age of tv because now is is quality where you can snag movie actors and it's not washed up movie actors it's you know still in the peak going hey yeah, it's not, it's not a this demotion is a good anymore. project yeah yeah it's not a demotion anymore i think that's a big deal i think and honestly tv in terms of original ideas tv tends to be a bit more exciting these days uh, just because movies, at least for the big budget stuff, it's all, oh, they have to be tentpoles, they have to be part of a franchise, they have to be, you know, we're making a King Arthur movie, it's going to be the first of six. Yeah, good luck yeah, with that, you yeah. you tanked hard. <laughs> good yeah, luck. And I think, I think for me, I've, for a long time, I've preferred TV as a medium when it's done well, just because you get characters that you really have growth and arcs that you can have over movies, you know, they, they can have so much growth, they the can char- have arcs. The but... characters feel more like a family to you in a, in a weird way like by the time you get to the end of Buffy you feel like you've grown up with some of these characters they started as they were maybe like 16, 17 at the start of the show then by the time you finish they're all in their mid-twenties and like you know season 6 of Buffy has her worried about bills season 1 yeah. Buffy didn't worry about bills <laughs> Like, exactly she's grown up they, and, it, and you, you can have that to an extent in movies but seeing it like uh, on such a decompressed level on TV really makes you care about characters as people rather than just as a character yeah, it, it can feel like uh, comfort food almost, where you like, oh, it's the characters that I know really well and they're back for another adventure, whatever. Even if, even if it's a sitcom where it just happens to be like some stupid plot that week, or if it is something like a, a sci-fi show where they're fighting a monster. Like, yeah. And I do think that's something you can lose in a binge watch if you do it too fast, because you don't... You know, it just in the same way that when, when you watch a movie, you watch all the growth in one go. Whereas in mm. a binge watch, you can kind of go, okay, all the growth is in one go. Uh, much longer, but uh, one go. Yeah. Whereas 
even spreading Twin Peaks out over these, what I think we we started in January, so about four months, I think it was, give or take. Yeah, it was just enough time between each episode to let let them sink in a bit, let it feel mm. like it was. Let, let 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 me be excited for the next episode. Whereas with a binge, you just put the next one on, which I like as well. Like, see, before we started this channel, before we started doing all these reviews of TV shows, I was typically someone who, other than a couple of shows, probably did just wait and then binge the season. Mm. And I still do that with comedy. I still prefer doing that with comedies because I feel like they're so easy to just do. Yeah. I, yeah. I like having the next one to put on whenever I'm eating or something like that. Um, but doing this channel and being up to date and like so many shows and watching them week to week and being able to talk about them is, uh, you know, sometimes it's a bit overstuffed. Right now it's really busy, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, it it does benefit a lot of the the conversation. It's a big part of it. Yeah, and I think obviously as well barring you know things like netflix shows they are designed to be watched week to week they're designed to have this is the episode you get now and then events a week later so i feel like you do lose something by just watching three or four back to back and arguably with like the binge stuff on netflix that are designed for that they're still kind of figuring that format out it still doesn't feel like they've kind of i mean admittedly i think um we're getting there, and I think Stranger Things, for example, is a much tighter, better paced show than any of the say Marvel Netflix shows. Which I like a lot of those, but they all have pacing issues. They do, yeah. Um, so it's just it's interesting how we're into this new era of all these different things. But I, I just to wrap it back around to Twin Peaks, I think Twin Peaks is responsible for inspiring and showing that you can have. I think in the future, Ed, they mentioned a uh, it showed that you could do like a piece of art on tv it, it wasn't just mm. mainless entertainment well yeah that's the thing it had a it had a vision it wasn't like a lot of the shows at the time were you know procedurals like oh yeah. here's something that they do this week here's something they do that week whereas this was no there's a story yep and i don't think anything excites me more and a TV, good tv show and a good ongoing story that feels like it's all building up to something at the end absolutely so no Oh, there you go. Uh, no, it feels no, again. We said the last episode felt like the end of a journey. This also feels like the end of a journey, and I feel like ultimately we'll have that again because in a few months' time, when we end the new season, it's going to feel like the real end of the journey. Yeah, just was this year. I mean, Twin Peaks going to finish about what September-ish? Early September, yeah. I think the announced right. date is like September fourth or something like that. Uh, I checked my my records. I think we started the first episode of this on the fourth of January. So All right, okay. Over like the majority of this year for us, we'll, we'll have had Twin Peaks every every week consistently. I'm glad we did this. this Me too. Special. Um, so yeah, obviously we enjoyed the movie. It has a lot of great things in it. It's well, fantastically directed. It doesn't really function as a movie on its own. Um, I am interested in checking out the missing pieces, but it was just too much to pack in to do it for this review because it was another ninety minutes. Um, but that is kind of my final idea on it and obviously there's probably stuff we missed it's hard enough keeping track of what everything that happens in a 50 minute episode of twin peaks never mind a two hour plus you know plethora <laughs> uh, of it um but no i am glad we did this looking forward to the new season and i will take this time if you've stuck with us uh, we will announce a new already cancelled that we've got planned for the summer we're not doing it straight away because things are really busy right now and we won't always have a second one. Well, admittedly, one of our Patreon goals is to have a second ongoing one like Star Trek, where it's just going to be lasting for, you know, seasons and seasons and seasons. But we've got an idea for another one that's like Twin Peaks in that it's relatively short, so about the same number of episodes. Uh, so come June, we will be starting and finishing by the end of the summer uh, all of The Leftovers, which is actually, obviously, much more contemporary. It's actually, I don't even think the finale's aired yet. It's on its last season no, right it's, now. No, it's, it's, it's in the middle of the season yeah. now, I think. But by the time we get to it, it should have finished, and we'll be watching two episodes a week over the summer. Uh, so yeah. starting sometime early mid June, uh, and finishing about the start of September, uh, because obviously things are a bit quieter during the summer, and we thought it'd be a fun thing to do. Uh, and we'll look at maybe doing other shorter things like that. Maybe I, I if not next summer, maybe even at Christmas when things are a bit quieter. Yeah, yeah. But, Unless Netflix throws stuff at us again, which they might, they very, may very well do that. And if so, then we'll we'll uh, tackle that as <laughs> time sees fit. But uh, so that's the, that's the plan uh, over the summer. So uh, hopefully, if you've seen the leftovers, that's interesting to you. You're excited that we're doing that. Uh, obviously, Damien Lindelof, who uh, created the leftovers, was a big fan of Twin Peaks. Uh, so maybe spiritually, there's some things there. Um, one day, I would love to do a loss because Connor's not seen it. 
but I've not. I've, I've seen the ending. Annoyingly, and other, yeah, and a couple of other episodes. Annoyingly, because yeah, because yeah, I would love to sit here with a smug look in my face as you're trying to figure out all the bat shit and saying stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Polar bear? What? What's happening? Um, but no. So, so we'll get the leftovers over the summer. Hopefully, that's exciting for some of you. And if you haven't seen it, then maybe you can join in and watch along with us over the over the summer. Uh, and that could be fun for you. But that is is that is that is the end of the already cancelled portion of Twin Peaks. I say that because when we come back next week for the first double episode of the new show, it's going to be almost cancelled because it's a new season. Although technically Twin Peaks has already been cancelled still. So you could yeah, argue either way. It, it gets confusing, but yeah. we're just sticking to it. In the same way we, <laughs> we were debating whether this should have been an already or a, or an influx. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, this is, this is the time we based, folks. Uh, so let us know what you think of Firewalk with me in the comments below. Give, give us your hopes and dreams for the new season by all means, because at this point we're, we're all in caught-up territory. Uh, but... Like, subscribe, all that stuff. If you want to help out, if you love what we do here and you want to help out a little bit more, go over to patreon.com slash TV, see some of the cool bonuses. And we mentioned that one of the goals was to do a second ongoing already cancelled. Uh, you would get to vote on what that show is when the time comes, if we do hit that. Uh, admittedly, it's a, it's a higher goal, but one day we might. So, uh, But if you want to help us out, check out that stuff over there. Um, but if not, liking, watching, all that stuff helps us out. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen but that is us, so <laughs> thanks for joining us on this journey through Twin Peaks, and we start, and actually, I'll quote the poster, next week, it's happening again. Thank you very much for watching, we'll see you next time. <laughs>